Hey, don't go anywhere. You just plugged into another edition of the Santa Barbara Mac User Group Podcast. Okay, everybody. Well, we're going to try this again. This is the June edition of the Santa Barbara Mac User Group Podcast. My name is Harold Adams, and I'm here with Brian Carlin. Hey, Brian. Oh, there you go. Okay, (laughs) Brian's with me. Uh, We tried to bring a couple of other people on board, but we had some technical issues. So Brian and I are going to step up to the plate and see if we can put a little show together here for you and talk about a couple of uh, some of the upcoming issues that are happening with Apple. And also, maybe um, I'm going to let Brian take over for a minute and talk about uh, what's going on with the SB mug. Um, even if he doesn't give you exact dates and things, we're just going to kind of gloss over some of what's what, what we're looking at with the calendar going into the summer. So give us some of that, Brian. Oh, boy. Well, that's, uh, that's something I hadn't thought of for a while, but I do know that the uh... The general meeting next month on the third Thursday will be uh, uh, lynda.com will be presenting. And um, if you look up that website, it's all uh, technical um, uh, lessons, uh, video lessons. And uh, so it's a pretty neat website, so you might want to check that out. Um, What else? We have our three usual special interest groups. Uh, at the normal uh, Tuesdays that they're on, and um, let's see, uh, in July is the special uh, presentation we have on uh, July 9th. Chris Breen will be doing a presentation, and he's the senior editor from Macworld, so you don't want to miss that. It's a big deal. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That's and we're, we're going to do that at the uh, Natural History Museum, right? The Fleischmann Auditorium. Yeah. That should be really cool. Uh, Like Brian said, and all other information that you might want about the Santa Barbara Mac user group, you can find that at sbmug.org. And we even have a mail list and a a large membership here in the Santa Barbara area and a lot of cool things going on. So if you get a chance, pop on over to sbmug.org, and hopefully you can make it to one of our next meetings, and we'd love to see you there. So um, I guess we're going to start off with – I guess start off with a bang and talk about what's coming up on June 9th, of course, is the big uh, worldwide developer keynote uh, up there in San Francisco uh, with Steve Jobs, and uh, Apple's going to be rolling out some new things, um, some new kind of roadmap about where things are going with the iPhone and future products, and Brian, what's the one thing you want to see more than anything else coming out of that show? Oh, well, I would like to see that new iPhone, and I'd like to see it with a GPS in it. <laughs> that would be great. I, I find that the current uh, the Google Maps thing that is happening on the iPhone is you got to kind of – I mean, it's neat the way it zooms and the push pins, and, but it, it, it doesn't drive itself as much as I would like. You have to kind of poke around a lot to make it get where you want to go and, and help you out. And it certainly can't talk to you while you drive or anything like that. So I definitely agree that a, a GPS, a really solid GPS built into the iPhone would be awesome. Yes, the uh, talking feature would be necessary uh, during the driving. That really helps. Yeah, I know. I've actually been in your car, and, and you have a GPS, and, and it is great. I, I certainly 
uh, I can see where when those are done right, they're they're just a real nice uh, setup. So now you got me spoiled. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So <laughs> I'd like to see that happen. Also, kind of in line with that, I'd like to see that new iPhone with a, a better external speaker. Oh yes, or at least uh, to heat up or turn up the audio. Right, right. There's got to be a better way to put out a little more sound. I know some cell phones can do a better job, and the um, uh, the iPhone is just barely cutting it, in my opinion, when it comes to that um, uh, speaker. So we'll see where that goes. Also, on a related note, I, I noticed uh, the Bluetooth on the iPhone. It does not... Uh, put out the audio in stereo, so uh, you kind of need an improved um, stereo output from Bluetooth into your wireless uh, headphone. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's that, and then some of the usual, um, uh, of course, everybody's talking about 3G uh, high-speed networking on the new iPhone, and you know, Brian, you and I have gone back and forth about what's so good about that. It does have larger battery consumption. It's not available in, in all areas. It, it is like in larger uh, metropolitan areas, but it's, they've still got some work to do to roll that out. So it's kind of a mixed blessing. In, in some ways, it's really good, 3G and high speed and everything. In other ways, maybe, you know, how necessary is it? How What do you think of the current speed for some of the web work that you do with your iPhone with the the standard edge network, the 2G. Well, I find the uh, the web displaying uh, the the Safari to be very inadequate on the edge. I don't like it. So, a 3G would certainly help with web browsing out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, but I do find that the edge is satisfactory for sending and receiving email and um, also taking a photo with the camera and uh, posting it right onto the internet or a web gallery, uh, I find that all works fine on Edge, so I have no problem with it. Yeah, it's definitely one of those, it, it's sort of a measure of degree. Uh, if you do occasional things and things that aren't, aren't tons of bandwidth, then what they offer you there it uses less battery and it's nice to kind of have a little companion, uh, occasional use sort of a web guy. But if you were doing it all the time, it might make a little bit of a more of a challenge happen. So we'll see how, how much the crowd cheers for the 3G iPhone and if it really does happen. All the rumors are pointing at it that it will and that kind of thing. Well, another uh, thing you hinted at was uh, a battery improvement. And uh, one big improvement would be a replaceable battery, which basically all other phones have. It's true. Apple, Apple for some reason, has adopted that iPod-like uh, model where the battery is, is built in and it kind of doesn't come out of there. And that's kind of makes for a solid device, but it is a little bit limiting when you want to be able to replace it or maybe be someone who has a swappable, have a second battery uh, if you have a lot of heavy usage. So... That, that's true. That, that would be another thing. And even another sort of, I guess I'll say, related thing is if we're going to talk about batteries, we could shift gears a little bit and talk about the, uh, the rumor that we were hearing recently about the iPod that might now have, like, solar power or something. I don't know how good that rumor is, but that's interesting. Yeah, well, they, of course, they just said um, they just 
said that Apple uh, put in a patent for a for a solar panel that would fit on an iPod. Uh, who knows? I don't know. It may may be that it just sort of trickle charges the battery as it's not being used or something like that. So it might help a little bit. But I can't imagine it actually running an iPod, especially since uh, some of you guys like to uh, put your covers on the iPod, which, of course, would would ruin the uh, the solar panel idea. <laughs> Maybe they could make a cover that is like a like a a, a snakeskin, like a silver, it, a cover that's like a solar uh, device. Hey, Brian, right off the top of my head, that's kind of a cool idea. If there was a cover that sort of somehow gave juice to the thing, I don't know. All right, I'm crazy. <laughs> I know it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that would be interesting, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then on on one more thing on the iPhone is that I know I've been I've been bending your ear about this for a couple of months now. We'll find out soon enough. I think there's going to be room in the iPhone family if they start to move in that direction for a a, a non-internet related iPhone, a very basic model, maybe like an iPhone Nano. And I know I definitely, as I do consulting and or as I talk with other people, there is a certain group of people that would really like to have an iPhone and an iPod and all those cool features without having to pay for the expensive Internet with the email and the web browsing. I think there's, there's kind of room for a low-end model. I know they, they, could, they could hit a nicer price point. And so I'll go on record right here, and I'm kind of predicting between now and the end of the year maybe like $199, uh, an iPhone Nano, a real base model. What do you think? I, I know what you think, but throw it out there anyway. <laughs> well, I think you're nuts. But I, 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 would, <laughs> say, I would say that uh, um, you'd, have, first of all, have to take the eye off the iPhone, and then uh, I think uh, I bet you're violating some part of uh, the AT&T contract, and I, I, I'm sure it's in the ink there somewhere that if you – have a device from Apple that makes phone calls and does some kind of Wi-Fi or something that it uh, that it uh, has to go through. Uh, it has to be an internet device that AT&T can uh, can uh, provide service for. So um, I don't really think there's that much room between the uh, iPod Touch and the iPhone. So, but that's my opinion. There you go. Yeah. I, I think you're right about that. Some kind of contract with AT&T. They certainly partnered with Apple since the beginning and have been instrumental in in helping make all this a reality. I think if they did something like an iPhone Nano, that it probably would be offered as AT&T is the, is the provider. So even though it wouldn't have internet and a data plan, it would still be a phone with minutes on an AT&T network, I think. I don't know. It's all speculation. But thought I'd throw it out there, so I, I'm on record as being the fool that I am for thinking such a device might happen, but um, there it is out there. So I'll jump on to another thing right now. Um, I have a note here about something called the Roku. Uh, that's that new box that Netflix is has come out with, and yes. um, they're, they're really taking a stab at what Apple's doing with Apple TV, and Netflix is something a lot of people use, and... Um, what did you find out about that Roku device and, and getting Netflix movies wirelessly through the Internet and into your living room? What do you think about that whole deal? Oh, well, I wasn't too interested in it because at the moment it doesn't do high definition. So um, that didn't interest me. And, and Apple's uh, 
whole technology with the Apple TV and the, the front row and the getting the movies uh, downloaded, that's not really anything that's uh, high-tech that no one else can do. Uh, I'm sure others can compete uh, readily with Apple on that. Um, the iTunes is better, but uh, certainly someone can come up with something adequate that will uh, compete very well. So um, this is not uh, Apple's uh, big, uh, uh, you know, crown jewel of their technology. So I I definitely agree. And the thing that Apple has built uh, that really helps things like the iPhone or the, the the TV stand out is the iTunes Store and the way that we all acquire this content in such a user friendly way on our computers and then bleed it out if it's movies or if it's music onto the phones or the into the living room. Um, that whole tie-in with the iTunes store is really the the, the clean aspect of, of why this stuff works so well. But Apple has got to do more footwork to get a much larger amount of content into the iTunes store. I think that's where it's really going to – the rubber's going to hit the road when we look at how many – movies and TV shows Apple is, is bringing to the table as the next year or two rolls by versus what some of these other offerings might make available. Oh, yes. Um, anyway, I, I have some breaking news if you want to indulge me. Break it out. <laughs> okay. Well, today, May 28th, as of about three hours ago, um, Apple brought out uh, Mac OS ten. 5.3, and uh, so the new Leopard, a new uh, version of Leopard came out. Now, wow. of course, they said it uh, fixes uh, uh, many issues about the Leopard operating system. Um, it's bug fixes, basically, but okay. Apple likes to call them issues. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, that's kind of uh, good. Yeah, yeah, so, of course, uh, as you know, on our meetings, uh, Santa Barbara Mac User Group recommends that you uh, you wait uh, several days or a week before installing it and let other people find the bugs first. But uh, it is available on the software update as of now. That's good. That's really good to know. Actually, good for you to throw it in there. And it's a very timely podcast we have here, everybody. <laughs> That's um, right. Uh, the thing I like about it is that I, I've always found that with previous versions like the 10.3 family and the 10.4 family, that once Apple gets to something like 10.5.3, uh, 10.5.4, this is when they start to bring a lot of reliability to these versions. And so now you're moving past the day one release of something like Leopard, and now you're getting more where they're they're able to tackle some of the I guess I want to, you know, some of the, there's a lot of times there's not such emergency issues, but a lot of little things that need help along the way. And once they get really stable and get things under their feet, I think they really uh, do well. So I will be looking forward to downloading that. And I have a couple of Macs, and I'm even planning on putting Leopard on a, a couple more of my machines. And the 10.5.3, that's pretty cool. Yes, it's very good. They are pretty minor bug fixes. There's okay. some font issues and raw camera support and okay. um, Automator and iCal and all that. Okay, okay. Um, I'll go. I'll go ahead right now and mention something I've just gotten a kick out of lately. Is these uh, get a Mac ads? You know, I'm a Mac. I'm a PC. Um, we've all seen them over time, and there's some really funny ones right now happening on Apple's website and 
the one with the country singer and the sad song. He's been jilted and he's running Windows Vista and everybody's leaving for the Mac. It's very funny, very funny stuff. So if anybody out there wants to get a chuckle, go over to Apple's website and see some of those new Get a Mac ads. And they're all over TV, too. What's really funny is the dog comes in on cue. Yeah, that's right. That's hysterical. Just a great ad. So they're definitely hitting the right kind of note with taking a gentle swipe at at, at Vista and that kind of thing. And with their market share moving like it is, they really are coming on strong in in the face of of Windows. Windows seems to be kind of bogged down lately and kind of a a bit of a boondoggle a little bit for where they're at. And, And Apple's really firing on all cylinders. Yes, well, we'll see Dell's uh, quarterly report tomorrow, but as I understand it, um, uh, what is it, uh, one out of four new computers is a Mac, or uh, the Macs are selling at three times the rate of uh, of some of those other uh, computers, or what's the stat? I forget all of it, that. It is something like that. In the, in the calendar year of 2008, things have gone just crazy. And, and Macs, and especially Mac laptops, are just, are, they are no longer just a little bit player. They're really becoming a mainstream choice for a lot of people. I know my son goes out to City College here in Santa Barbara, and he says everywhere he looks, somebody's got a MacBook, uh, one of the little white MacBooks or, or a MacBook Pro, and, you know, Macs are everywhere these days, and I love to see that happen. <laughs> Yeah, well, it makes you wonder what the next Macintosh is going to be because uh, they've got the uh, they've got the market or they got their product array pretty well figured out what they want. So it's very good. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, back to kind of rumor central since we're coming up on June. Another product that that has been rumored for a long time is some kind of a uh, like a tablet. I think Apple, again, has filed some patent that might tie into some kind of a touch tablet, like a little, you know, uh, uh, just a, a touch tablet um, shaped about the size of a piece of paper, maybe, 8.5 by 11, and it's it's a, a fully functioning uh, Mac OS X. There sure would be a lot of questions that I would have. How do you double-click and open a file and type into a file, and can you hook up a keyboard and on and on. There's so many issues that come into the successful functionality of a tablet device, but I think Apple wants to go there, and, and the iPhone is evidence of that, and I think it would be a real nice partner to what the iPhone is. Well, now that uh, displays have been figured out, basically, I wonder if uh, if uh, Apple could simply modify a MacBook Pro and stick a, a tablet kind of display on the back side of the screen. And um, and then uh, you could use it as a standard MacBook Pro and as a tablet. So uh, something like that would be an interesting design. Wow, that's really cool. I like that a lot. <laughs> I see what you're saying. When the lid is closed, it's your touchpad. Yes. Flip the lid open, and it's a standard, you know, a standard use, a, a, a hard keyboard and a, a screen. That's cool. See, you guys, yes. that's why I got Brian on the show here. He knows what he's doing. I'm not just a pretty face. There you sure. go. Okay, that's <laughs> cool. That's cool. Um, I mentioned this to you before, Brian, but I'll, I'll throw this out there, and then maybe you'll have one as well. Um, I've been looking around in iTunes recently for different kinds of content, and I found a show that's put out by the Discovery Channel, and it's called Extreme Engineering. 
and I did not know that Discovery Channel had content available in iTunes, and I actually bought a season of these shows. They're really interesting about uh, engineering tunneling under the Alps, um, a, a, a connecting over the Atlantic, some kind of a, a tube, a high-speed train over the, the ocean. <laughs> That's some crazy <laughs> stuff they talk about, and, and really a neat show on iTunes. Or under the ocean. <laughs> yeah, that's what it, yeah, it is actually under the ocean. I forget what they called it, a, a, a sub, uh, uh, like a floating tunnel, floating about 200 feet below and a train that moves really fast. That's a crazy show. Anybody who's listening and wants to see something, you know, kind of where the future might go, uh, Extreme Engineering, uh, the Discovery Channel. Do you have any other shows that you've seen lately or things that you see in iTunes? That oh, well... Yeah, on the Discovery Channel also. I, I my my show that I download is uh Battle three sixty about the USS Enterprise in World War Two and it gives you a whole view of the battlefield as things are happening. A uh, very interesting show. So there's uh, all sorts of uh of alternate shows to watch on there. Endless variety. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I um back to that Roku thing for a second with Netflix. I can't quite get a read on whether or not Netflix is going to be offering uh, streaming uh, into your living room television shows. I know that they are offering a lot of movies like DVDs that have now been encoded and can just be wirelessly put off into your living room in this little box. But Apple TV and iTunes offers a really large variety of TV shows. And I love that. There's a lot on television and different um, shows about all sorts of kinds of content. So more than just movies, I, I find TV shows to be an interesting thing to keep up on and, and, and check out and that kind of thing. So iTunes is still playing pretty strong. But like you said, there's other players that are going to be coming to the table and bringing stuff out as well. Well, of course, the, the iTunes, the only way you can uh, understand the superiority of iTunes is to use it. Um, if someone comes out with something similar and you're not that familiar with iTunes, then you think you've got something okay. Um, <clears throat> also, I see here uh, um, Roku in the review that I read, I didn't see anything mentioned about TV shows, just movies. So I, I was thinking I didn't know if they had TV shows or not. But if I, I just went to Roku.com and the headline does say instantly stream movies and TV episodes oh. from Netflix to your TV. Okay. So there you go. So they're bringing it to the table. Yeah, you know, what you just said about iTunes is so true. Um, people, different kinds of phones are starting to come out that have a little bit of a touchscreen ability. They're kind of iPhone wannabes. But really, to experience iTunes and the way it lets you manage your content uh, it makes anything else really pale in comparison, and I agree with you wholeheartedly that you got to use iTunes to really understand the full uh, gravity of, of how cool it is and how it lets you manage all that you have. So um, I guess moving to another subject right now, uh, you know, the MacBook Air, they have that. Yes, I've heard of it. Have you? Okay. Now I just got a funny error in, in this software, but maybe it's okay. Um, we'll see. Let's keep going. Um, the uh, the MacBook Air has the option of, of using a, a solid-state drive, and that's a lot more reliable and durable, but also very expensive. 
Samsung has recently come out with a uh, a solid state drive that it's kind of like a flash drive, and the the one that comes in the MacBook Air right now is 64 gigabytes. Samsung's got a new drive out now that's going to cost less, and it's 256 gigabytes. So that's pretty awesome. That's a lot of space on that MacBook Air. A lot of a lot of storage there. Certainly. Now, is there a way to get it inside the MacBook Air? Oh, you mean the current model? Yeah, replace the current drive with this uh, with this new 256 gig drive. Yeah, you know, I don't know, and I I would even also suggest that if you're someone who has the current MacBook Air and then they come out with a a new one that's got four times the amount of hard drive and and is a little cheaper maybe or something, you're not going to be too happy. Uh, That's very true. Yeah, hopefully uh, if you have the hard drive in there and you want the uh, solid-state drive, then uh, maybe you can figure out a way to get the Samsung in there instead. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That I know you've said to me before, and it really is true, that that MacBook Air is definitely a feat of engineering, and it is so so thin and light and, and, and small, and that's a, that's a really cool thing. Yes, I think they, they tried to build it only because Intel came to them and said, hey, we made uh, your chip much smaller, so uh, let's try to make a chip set like this, and uh, Apple actually figured it out. So they got the logic board squeezed in there. Uh, it's it's amazing, but uh, you know I like my MacBook Pro. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that, and I like having all the ports and FireWire and multiple USB. I I do I do feel that the MacBook Air is an interesting experiment that's not quite ready for prime time. Um, there's certain trade-offs that they make, and I I don't know, you know, it's kind of which which is worth it, which is not. So we'll see where they go. Apple's definitely got their eyes on the prize with a lot of interesting uh, design things. Sometimes it takes a little while to catch on. Yeah, there you go. Okay. So, oh, big news. Um, There's a website called GameStop on the web, and they sell a lot of uh, uh, PlayStation stuff and actual video games and entertainment devices. And they just came out recently and said that they are going to stop selling the Zune. Microsoft makes the Zune, the iPod killer competitor yeah and they're selling so little of those i hardly ever see anyone even with a zune have you ever seen anyone brian i've never even seen a zune i must admit (laughs) even at the store uh well maybe i saw one in a display case or something but i've never paid any attention to it so uh so well you know that's uh that's unfortunate for microsoft because GameStop is a big player in all the electronic devices and games and yeah that's, yeah that's a big store chain yeah and they were trying to kind of downplay it this last week but I agree it, it's a big deal for them to to kind of be excluded and I think Zooms just haven't even begun to make a dent in the in the iPod uh, position and the the marketplace Apple has really done well to to get a uh, a firm leadership uh position in what they're doing so you know it seems like microsoft's trying to play some catch up on that and uh not getting too far so do you have anything else on your end that you want to talk about uh, i i think i'm uh, i'm pretty good here i i did hear that uh an xbox game is coming to the mac for those who like to play games 
Okay, uh, what is it? They're, they'll be uh, doing Battle Stations Midway, which will be uh, a very interesting uh, World War II kind of Navy game. So uh, uh, that'll be interesting to try to play it on a Mac. There you go. There you <laughs> go. Xbox has been one of the few, um, I guess, well, I shouldn't say few, but one of Microsoft's more recent bright spots has been their Xbox uh, hardware development. And they, they seem to be out there, and they're, they're definitely... Um, in the in the mainstream and Xbox, a lot of people have those. Yes, I I even have one. I haven't used it for months and months, but uh, I did download a movie on it, so it seemed to work pretty well. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Hey, just before we wrap up, I want to say something about Brian. He's um, really very knowledgeable and a, a wonderful part of what we're doing here on this podcast. And he did a great uh, sig at the Mac Mechanic last night. And he does, once a month, he does something called the Advanced User Group SIG. And um, it's really cool. So down uh, Mac Mechanic on Gutierrez, all, all of us here in Santa Barbara know where that is. And I do a class there as well. Um, we do these different classes on the uh, different Tuesdays of the month. So, again, you can find out about more about that at sbmug.org. That's the Santa Barbara Mac User Group website. I guess we're going to kind of wrap this thing up uh, this time around. Uh, Brian, thanks for being with me on this show. Oh, you're welcome. Okay, great. So um, uh, I guess we're going to say goodbye, and that's it for the June edition of the SB Mug podcast, and we'll see you next month. And enjoy the developer conference, everybody, and get ready to buy those new iPhones. Bye. Bye.